is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Right three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset Valley, Thunderdog, and then one exclamation point. Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Flying solo today. You know, if, if you if you forget, I always remind you, Matt McMaster is really, really young like super young like he's in college young so you know what we're gonna give him a couple weeks off back in chicago finished up finals flew home gonna take some gonna take some uh some time recharge for you know getting into position preview summer uh obviously the the big fall uh the 2023 season approaches so yeah we'll we'll see matt in june but until then, you get me. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee's got us on the Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. And uh, we've got a good show planned for you. We've got Ben McLaughlin who's going to join us in a little bit to talk Husker baseball. They are in West Lafayette finishing off the regular season today. Uh, they're going to have the finale before the Big Ten tournament. Uh, that is at 1 o'clock. And uh, not sure who's going to start. It's uh, TBD. You had Will Walsh pitch yesterday. He's been the third day starter for Nebraska. Obviously not a Sunday. would call him a Sunday starter, but uh, today's Saturday. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see who uh, Will Bolt uses out of that uh, batch of pitchers. Um, we've also got some quarterback news for Nebraska. Not on the roster, but 2024 quarterback news. And uh, got some doozies. Got a commitment. Got a decommitment. That cycle just goes round and round, uh, and and what the what the potential change could mean for the rest of the 2024 class going forward. Uh, so we'll talk about that later on as well. Uh, some Big Ten champions in some other sports, and uh, man, yesterday a tough day for the teams with the balls and the bats. Uh, come from ahead losses for both softball and baseball. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to softball later on, but uh, yesterday at baseball, Huskers led three nil. Watching soccer this morning, Huskers led three nothing, and Purdue rattled off seven straight runs. Nebraska's offense couldn't get anything going, and Huskers fall seven to three. I'd said a couple weeks ago on this show that I truly did not care what the rest of the the results were in the regular season, so long as Nebraska made the Big Ten tournament. So I'm going to stand by that. Nebraska is in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, The way seeding will end up working out will be determined by the results today. Uh, Right now, Nebraska looking most likely that they will end up in that four or five seed. Uh, And then obviously would match up if they won with uh, likely the one seed in the winner's bracket game on that side of things. So as it stands right now, Huskers are fourth. Rutgers is fifth, uh, 14 and nine for Nebraska, 13 and 10 uh, for the Scarlet Knights. Maryland's in the one seed. Uh, they're in the driver's seat. Indiana lost yesterday to Michigan state uh, and Michigan state clinched their berth in the big 10 tournament. It knocked Purdue out of contention. So the Boilermakers were maybe going to be playing for a chance to make the Big Ten tournament in Omaha. Now, with that Michigan State result, after the Huskers played Purdue yesterday, that is no longer in play. Purdue is out. So uh, Illinois is going to be the last team that qualifies with Michigan State and Michigan uh, in that bottom three set, that the 6-7-8 seed uh, in some way, shape, or form. And then it's be Nebraska-Rutgers, most likely in that 4-5 range, um, Iowa- is 14 and 8 and uh, obviously swept Nebraska. They're sitting in the 3 seed right now, Indiana the 2, Maryland the 1. So, uh bracket will be set later today with the results uh going final. Um but <clears throat> like I said, I I was not going to bother myself with the particulars of the results 
so long as the Huskers made the thing. So that being said, concern number one is the health of Bryce Matthews, and and we'll get an update from Ben McLaughlin here shortly uh, as to what his status is for today and for the Big Ten tournament next weekend. But he has not played either of these two games in West Lafayette. He's had back tightness uh, after the series last week. And so if you can't have Bryce Matthews available in that Omaha uh, series, that's that's really going to set Nebraska back. He sets the table. He's the leadoff hitter. He does strike out a lot, but he gets on base, walks a fair amount, uh, and obviously is a, a big-time home run threat. Uh, he's also a threat on the base paths uh, entering this weekend. And obviously, he's not had a chance to add to these stats, uh, but he ends up uh, hopefully getting a chance to get that 20th stolen base uh, in Omaha. Right now, he's sitting on 19 stolen bases and 20 home runs. Thought it might be a, might be a given that he'd get to 2020, but now health in doubt. You got to hope he gets a chance to do that. Um, sitting at 380 overall. Uh, with 20 home runs, and and like I said, gets on base a lot, leads the team with 43 walks, more than double, almost more than double the next closest. So if you don't have Bryce Matthews, that really just changes the entire complexion of the outlook for uh, Husker baseball's chances up there. Obviously, at this point, we all know they're going to need to win that thing to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Assuming Matthews is there, then you kind of look up and down the rest of where Nebraska's holes are, where their where their weaknesses are, you feel pretty good about your your two starting pitchers, and mostly pretty good about your your first two, maybe three bullpen guys. Where do you, where do you find the the pitching after that? That's that's the second concern for me as Nebraska gets ready to head up to Omaha. You have the Bryce Matthews injury on the offensive side, and then pitching wise, obviously Shea Shannon is going to be option number one in a super high leverage situation. Uh, you've liked seeing what Corbin Hawkins has put together lately. Uh, he's actually got the best ERA on the team uh, of anybody with thirty or more innings pitched. Uh, Two point two five ERA, three and zero record in eighteen appearances. So Corbin Hawkins is is pretty close in terms of of guys you trust at this point. I think after that, maybe Jackson Brockett, uh, maybe Kyle Perry, maybe Jake Buns. Uh, Drew Christo has has done okay. Uh, he he pitched a one two three yesterday. Uh, Brett Sears has had his moments. Michael Garza has had his moments. Uh, depending on what they do with the starter role, uh, maybe you get Will Walsh a little bit out of the bullpen, but gosh, yesterday didn't go very well for him. Gave up five runs in inning and two-thirds, uh, took the loss. So that that's the second concern. If If you're trying to game out, hey, what's the scenario for Nebraska winning this whole thing and getting to a regional? You, you, you're looking at that consistent pitching putting out fires holding off the holding off the opposition if they're trying to make a comeback Nebraska's pretty good at jumping out early on teams but as evidence yesterday they they can sometimes struggle to hold on to those leads so that's that's another concern there uh the third concern is just frankly which Nebraska shows up there, there have been plenty of examples of hey, this team's got real potential. Uh, look, look at you know up and down the lineup. You've had games where Nebraska's batted around a couple times in a game. Uh, everybody has had a game where they've been the you know the number one or number two best performer in that lineup, uh, and that's even with Max Anderson and, and Bryce Matthews, Gabe Swanson. Third on the team in home runs, but he actually leads the entire Big Ten in Big Ten conference play in home runs. Swanson uh, enters the weekend with 16. I believe he hit one on Thursday, so that's 17 home runs. 
Matthews is in the 20 club and Bryce or and Anderson is in the 20 club after hitting one on uh, Thursday as well and then uh, obviously Matthews had 20 before the weekend started. The fact that you've had Swanson come along as far as he has this season really has helped out Max Anderson, I think. He's I don't you're not going to get the types of opportunities that Anderson has gotten in spots without somebody who strikes enough fear in the heart of that pitcher and that that coaching staff. You're just not going to get those opportunities if you don't value the guy behind him. So with Swanson in, in you know getting entrenched in that cleanup spot right behind Bryce Matthews or right behind Max Anderson I should say, Anderson in the 3 spot, that's allowed Anderson more opportunities to contribute to this offense. Everybody knows he's a, he's a big time threat. Um, obviously with the 20 home runs, uh, he just tied Alex Gordon for, uh, extra base hits in a season with 41 yesterday and still hitting over 400 as well. Uh, just an incredible season. Uh, unfortunately, uh, did not make it through without committing his first error of the season. Uh, he now has one on his ledger after last weekend, but, uh, just one error in 113 attempts. Uh, pretty incredible defense uh, from from Max Anderson. So the fact that Gabe Swanson has come as far as he has is is a really really nice bonus for Max Anderson uh, and the Nebraska offense overall. And then those other roles, I mean, they they've started to come into focus. I mean, Dylan Carey started at third base all year. Uh, they moved him around a little bit with Matthews' injury, but if Matthews is healthy. Kerry's going to be your locked-in third baseman. He started over there every game, uh, every game, but this weekend and, and just a handful before that. Um, Casey Burnham has locked down that center field spot. He's found a nice spot in the lineup as well at number two behind Bryce Matthews. And between Josh Karen and Ben Columbus, you're you're getting good play from the catcher, uh, the catcher spot. Griffin Everett's return to the lineup has been helpful. Uh, he can contribute. He's been around for a while, and so he gives you that leadership and that that presence that that you might need in a spot where some of these guys haven't played in the postseason. Obviously, Nebraska missed the Big Ten tournament last year, and some of these guys have only been on the team and contributing for that little of time. You know, Dylan Carey's a freshman. Gabe Swanson's a sophomore. Uh, Casey Burnham wasn't on the team last year. He transferred in. So, so. Everett's leadership could certainly go a long way. Uh, speaking of a, a guy who's been here for a while, you do feel for a guy like Efri Cervantes, uh, season-ending injury and and just a, a real tough break right before the day before Senior Day. Uh, he he is a nice piece that Will Bolt moved around in the lineup, moved around uh, out on the diamond as well. Uh, Cole Evans has had a nice. Uh, he, he's kind of trending in that right direction. Um, he's started a little bit more consistently out in right field lately. So the lineup is is there. You just hope that Bryce Matthews and that back don't kind of submarine the whole thing because if if you are trying to you know you, sometimes you go into postseason play and and you're just you know you you know that the team is not going to go anywhere. You know, they they they're just they're running on fumes. Uh, they they're really scrappy, but they're not that talented like this. This Nebraska team is not that this this squad is very talented. They've just been inconsistent. And that's one of the things I want to talk to to Ben McLaughlin about here in a few minutes is who's trending in that right direction for this postseason run, because if you have a couple of guys who have started to figure it out, you know, this weekend, last weekend, the weekend before. If if you start to get guys that figure it out at this time, then you can put a run together in the postseason. Like we said, that the seeding is going to break uh, in in such a way that Nebraska is likely going to be in that four or five spot. Uh, as it stands right now, that would be matching up in that first round with Rutgers. It's a team that Nebraska did not see in the regular season. 
and then you might have you might match up with Maryland again. Now, obviously, Maryland just hits the crap out of the ball, uh, but Charles Schwab Field is not that tiny little bandbox that Maryland plays at in College Park. That the the size of the stadium just sometimes that affects offensive teams like that. It affects teams that just are used to crushing the ball uh, out of the park all the time uh, with, with not as far as far to go. So uh, you never know how that may play for uh, a team like Maryland that really hangs their hat on power hitting. Uh, but obviously that offense is pretty intimidating. That's your likely winner's bracket game. If they hang on, win the one, win the, the conference regular season title and make that one seed Nebraska likely in that four or five spot. So, you you have a chance to put Kaminska or Olsen in that first start and then the other in that second start against Maryland. So you're getting one of your two good arms as you game this out. I mean, Nebraska was hitting back and forth in that series. Obviously, the, the third game got away from the staff uh, and, and Maryland scored 20. But first game was 8-4. to four. Second game, Nebraska won 12-10. It can be done. So if if you get through, you you think about regional play. If you can get through that first game to the winners bracket, and then you win that second game, then you're just sitting there waiting. You can rest your arms. You may be able to bring Olson or Kaminska back to pitch in a potential Big Ten championship game. You don't have to burn through as many of your uh, high leverage, consistent, reliable guys out of the bullpen, and. <laughs> Maybe Bryce Matthews would would need a, a day of rest uh, for that back as well. That that's certainly a possibility. So all those things come into play when you're looking at uh, how Nebraska could get it done. Uh, I, like I said, it don't don't worry yourself about what the result of of yesterday's game was. Today's game, you know, obviously you want to see those guys kind of on the upward trajectory, but. As long as they got to Omaha, I was happy. I'm going to stand by that. Now it's just, hey, let's let's get everybody healthy. Let's get to that finish line today against Purdue in the season finale and get to Omaha and, and get that first win and have a chance in that winner's bracket. That's the formula. Uh, talking with us right after the break here, uh, more about that formula. We've been McLaughlin. Uh, he's on the broadcasts with the Huskers Radio Network. Uh, we've got also going to get to that quarterback news uh, for the 2024 class. Riola, Kalen, in-state. It's all it's all part of the equation. So all that's coming up here. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Thanks for joining us here since this morning. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. It is the finale of the regular season. Final day before eight Big Ten teams make their way over to Omaha. Huskers are going to be one of those teams, and joining them on that trip will be Ben McLaughlin with the Huskers Radio Network. Ben joining us now here on the Husker Hour. Ben, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Yeah, hard to believe, as you said, today's the regular season finale. You know, seems like just yesterday we're in San Diego, but... um, you know, the season just kind of grinds away at you, and we've made it to the end. That's right. It goes by quick. And and before we dig into kind of some of how the season's ended up and, and previewing next weekend, I want to real quick just get an update. Obviously, Bryce Matthews, a huge part of this offense and this team, missed the first two games of this Purdue series. Uh, what can you tell us about his status for today and for Omaha next weekend? Yeah, my gut is he's unlikely to play again today. You know, he's been dealing with a lingering back issue for a couple of weeks now. And, you know, really up until the last couple of weeks or so, Nebraska's uh, Big Ten tournament hopes were still very much up in the air. And so he was doing everything he can to extend his season and likely his Husker career with the draft coming up in July. And I think once Nebraska kind of nailed down their spot, both he and the coaches, you know, we wanted to w- work a little bit on the load management, make sure he's ready to go for next week. And not entirely dissimilar to how the coaches handled you know, Emmett Olson's start here on Thursday uh, with another day less rest. I think the whole goal here is to get them as healthy as they possibly can for, for next week's tournament. Um, you know, he's still been working out here with the team. He's been going through some batting practice, doing some infield work, playing catch, still still moving around a little bit, but just hasn't been in the lineup. Well, 
Definitely want him healthy for Omaha, but man, let's get him that twentieth steal too. We get a twenty twenty guy in this uh, on this team. Um, let's as as I've kind of broken down some of the 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 things to watch for uh, in the first segment uh, for Omaha. I talked about Bryce Matthews' injury, and then I was talking about the bullpen uh, as as kind of that second thing to watch. Who's trending? lately in the right direction to be the guys that, that Will Bolt and Jeff Christie are going to trust the most uh, beyond your, your Shea Shanneman, who's, I mean, number A, B, and C out of that bullpen. Who, who's trending in the right direction? Well, I think the two guys outside of Shea that you look at are Corbin Hawkins, who's been the first out of the pen, backing up Emmett Olsen pretty much all year. He's been rock solid this year. He's pitching to right around a 2 ERA, I think just over a 2 ERA now. Um, he's just done such a good job this year been maybe nebraska's most consistent relief pitcher and i would include shea in that um you know he's just really done a nice job he's he's gotten a couple saves his last few outings and you know really really hung some big time zeros on the board the other guy that i think is trending in the right direction is kyle perry we've had a hard time kind of figuring out where kyle fits in this staff where he fits you know we've seen him in the starter spot we've seen him in the long relief spot he actually picked up nebraska's first save of the year against south alabama and mobile and I think he's going to kind of make a living in the back end of that bullpen right now. Um, you know, Jake Buns was trending in the right direction for a while, but his last couple outings haven't been, you know, as good as the ones prior. But I think at this point, you just got to go with the guys that you trust and the guys that, you know, have done it for you before. Kyle Perry, you know, Corbin Hawk and Shea Shannon, and those are the guys right now that, you know, if it's not this season, it's over the course of their careers that have given Nebraska a good chance to win. We saw Will Walsh out of the bullpen yesterday, so obviously he's not going to be starting today. Um, will will that uh, that third starter spot just kind of be up up for grabs in terms of how those first two games go if they make it through those first two games in Omaha? Is that kind of the plan staff wise? Yeah, I would I would guess so. I mean, if 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 you make it to a third game, you know, chances are you're you're fighting for your season. You know, you're like you're likely not. 2-0 at that point. If you are, that's great. If not, I think that completely changes. You know, it almost becomes a regional type uh, mentality with your pitchers. You know, I don't think anything would be off the table at that point. Uh, Jackson Brockett's going to start today. It'll, I would imagine it's going to be a little bit of a Johnny Holstaff approach for the team today. Um, you know, just getting some guys work before the Big Ten tournament. But yeah, I think a lot of that's going to be dictated with matchups, with lineups, I think weather, um, you know, who's, who, who has thrown in the tournament already, all those factors are going to w- would come into play, I think, you know, when it came time to that third game, especially with the instability that Nebraska's gotten out of that third starter spot all year. Yeah, Ben McLaughlin, Huskers Radio Network, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, talking more about uh, the offense now, Nebraska tied the single-season record for home runs on Thursday. They've hit 93 this year. What what's been the difference? Is it is it just the kind of the 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 rise of Matthews and Anderson just on that steady climb plus the talent behind them? Is it a different approach at the plate and through the off season? What what's led to this? I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. I think the first and foremost, you know, Bryce and Max, you know, you know carrying the load with 40 of those is, is certainly going to help that number. But even outside of that, you know, up and down the lineup to see the increase in home runs for a lot of guys, Josh Karen, before he got hurt, Efri Cervantes, you know, guys that weren't typically home run hitters in their career before are getting them out. Um, I think the strength and conditioning program needs to be, you know, brought into that conversation. I think just the job that Lance Harvell has done with the hitters and, and making improvement and developing hitters, you know, needs to be there. And Nebraska has good players too. I mean, I think all three of those things are, are reasons why, you know, you can't, it's not an accident hitting 90 home runs. You know, I think after Thursday's game with Purdue, I, I was chatting with Coach Bolt post game, and it's, you know, it's one thing to hit a whole bunch in one weekend or hit a whole bunch at Maryland or, um, you know, you get hot for a couple of weeks and hit a bunch of home runs. But to do it really from the first game on to where we are now, and we're past game 50 of the season now, uh, it's not an accident. And I think, you know, I think all those factors come into play. I think approach has to come into play. You know, all those things, all those variables come in. And but ultimately, I think it comes down to the guys that they have are good players, and they're working really hard. And um, you know, you just got to give them credit for for the way that they've hit the baseball all season long. Max Anderson and, and Bryce Matthews obviously get a lot of the headlines, but one of the reasons that Anderson's been able to have some of those opportunities, some of those those tougher pitches that pitchers have to give to him, is because of the guy behind him in the lineup and the way he's developed is Gabe Swanson. 
I believe actually leads the entire Big Ten in conference play in home runs. What has his development been like as as he's a sophomore set to maybe take the mantle as that that leader in the lineup next season when Matthews and Anderson depart? Yeah, Gabe has been maybe the most amazing story that I've had here in in, in recent years, and he's he's really turned into a, a phenomenal player. The coaches really liked him last year, but you know there were some things with Gabe's game that that kind of limited him. I don't know that he had a true position defensively. I don't know that his body was in you know college baseball shape, and the coaches really challenged him after last year to get stronger, to get more athletic, to find a position. And, you know, to continue to work on his swing. And he did all of those things. And, and I think not only did he do it, but he did it at a really high level. He, baseball means a lot to him. He's a hard worker. And you're starting to see that kind of play out a little bit on the field. Uh, that's another guy that, the, you know, the 15-plus home runs don't happen by accident. You know, he's, the story and how Nebraska even ended up with him is, is incredible. I mean, this was the player of the year in Iowa his senior year. Iowa was never interested in him. He ends up at a camp in Lincoln, and the coaches really liked his swing, and they thought, you know, if he doesn't end up anywhere, we'll, we'll send him a, a walk-on invitation to, to see if he wants to try out for the team. And that's in, that ended up happening. Gabe tried out. The coaches liked his effort. They liked his uh, swing. You know, they, they, liked, they just liked his natural baseball uh, acumen, and so Gabe agreed to come walk on here, and now, now he's you know among the league leaders in home runs and RBIs. So it's it's really an interesting story of how that happened. You know, with with Iowa and other local schools just passing on him, being the player of the year in the state. Nebraska ended up with him, and I don't know that Will Bolt would have it any other way at this point. Yeah, no doubt that is a pretty cool story. A couple more minutes here with Ben McLaughlin of the Huskers Radio Network ahead of Nebraska's season finale at Purdue today. Uh, you you've been with the network for a while now, and you've seen some really good players uh, come through this program. What's it been like watching Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson uh, through their careers here? This uh, this their junior and final year, probably. Well, there's a couple things. I think the first thing is they're both amazing kids. I mean, you spend any time with Bryce and with Max, and they're always smiling. They're they're really good team players. They both come from really good families. I mean, Bryce's family's from Texas, and they they come all the way up from Texas to basically every road trip to support him. Um, you know, we knew when, when Bryce was on campus watching him in his first fall that he was going to help, help the team in a big way. And I think both of those guys would tell you how disappointed they were with their seasons last year as sophomores. You know, they, those were the guys that were supposed to pick up the slack from the Schwellenbachs, the Ackers, you know, the, the Luke Roscombs, you know, those guys that were all leaving, they were the ones that were supposed to pick up that slack from that regional team. And they didn't have awful seasons, but I think, you know, if you were to tell them what their season totals were going to be before the year, they'd be disappointed with that. And, you know, I think, again, they probably have a little bit of, um, you know, edge to them coming into their junior seasons, not only with the years that they had as sophomores, but being draft eligible now as a junior is a big thing. Both of those guys had really promising freshman seasons the year that Nebraska made the Game 7 Regional in Fayetteville. Remember, remember, Max ended up getting hurt in the in the uh, late in the, yeah. in the second game of that regional with a hamstring, and so you know Bryce was having to come in there and play. So you know, I think both of those guys had really good freshman seasons and were expected to take a huge step forward. Probably felt a lot of pressure, but you know, this season as juniors, two two of the better. I'm not saying they're the best players I've ever seen at Nebraska, but two of the best seasons that I've ever seen uh, in my ten years covering it, and it's and it's not particularly close. You know, it's pretty rare to go a whole game to watch Max Anderson hit and not see him barrel up a ball. I mean, it's just, just the, the skill that he has in the batter's box is, is unmatched. And I know a lot of pro scouts are paying attention to what Bryce Matthews has done with the power and with the speed balance. You mentioned the one stolen base shy of the 2020 season. Um, that's not something that this program has ever seen before. So it's been a pretty special year watching these two play. That's no, there's no question about it. Yeah, with Anderson's uh, 20th on uh, Thursday, they're the first duo uh, since Matt Hopper and Dan Johnson in 2000 to both hit 20 home runs in a season. Uh, pretty cool stuff for those two. Um, and uh, the season finale today at 1 o'clock, 12.30 pregame, right here on KLIN. You can hear Ben McLaughlin on the call there from the Huskers Radio Network. Uh, ben, thanks for the time this morning, and uh, we will uh, we'll be paying attention today and, and in Omaha next week. No problem. Appreciate me on. Thank you. All right, that's Ben McLaughlin. Uh, 
yeah, it's this the the way that the season's shaped up. It's it's been really cool to see, obviously, all the accomplishments that that Matthews and Anderson have had. But uh, the the way that those guys are, you know, on a trajectory to to really make something. Um, to make something happen as as potential professional players, uh, getting getting really high draft stock and and maybe having a chance to to be priority for uh, for a major league team. That's uh, uh, you see lower drafted guys uh, from Nebraska and they you know they stick and they make it and you, you know like uh, Jake Myers with the Astros, uh, a few a handful of pitchers as well. Uh, but uh, I think Nebraska might have a chance to have a couple of like top five round guys. Uh, with with Matthews and Anderson, which is uh, which is pretty cool. So uh, we'll uh, be paying attention today as those uh, two finish up their final regular season game, likely their final regular season game uh, as Huskers. Uh, hey, uh, we've got a lot of quarterback news. The 2024 carousel continues to spin. Commitments, decommitments, what it all means for Nebraska. I'll tell you about that right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Good stuff from Ben McLaughlin running down the Husker baseball that we've got on tap today and next weekend. If you miss that, uh, you can always uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We are KLIN Husker Hour. Just search for us and subscribe. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, head over to the Facebook page at KLI and Huskers. You can see us uh, on your screen. Um, you can see us right now. Well, you can see me. Matt's not here. Uh, I'm flying solo today. Matt's on uh, a little bit of a summer break. He just finished up his finals because he's so young. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're, we're giving him a little bit of time off. We, uh, we, we don't get any time off from the recruiting calendar because it just it never ends. And... Obviously, the Dylan Riola story, the saga, the uh, the roller coaster has been going fast and furious most of this year. Ever since he decommitted from Ohio State, Matt Rule kind of got back in the good graces, and and he made I don't know five or six unofficial visits here, uh, including the the boys' trip, even in the dead period because his uncle works here. Uh, he committed to Georgia this week, which is not surprising that that kind of had been trending in that direction if you follow the recruiting experts uh and and that news and and those sorts of things uh it's been trending in that direction and and now he's going to go to Athens uh presumably he he was once committed to Ohio State and didn't go but this is this is a little bit closer and I think Georgia's uh um this they're they're a little bit more stable in terms of of having his commitment so Dylan Royal off the board for Nebraska Kudos to Rule and and the staff for putting all the chips in on him. Uh, you you had to do it, take your swing, and uh, it's twenty twenty three, and there's this thing called the transfer portal. So uh, one, two, three years from now, we may be right back on that roller coaster, folks. So don't don't write it off. That opens the door, however, for Nebraska to try to go find somebody else in this 2024 class to play quarterback for you and thought to be high up on that list before his commitment to Missouri earlier this year was Danny Kalen out of Bellevue West, my alma mater, go T-Birds. Kalen commits to Missouri, and that's mostly because Missouri wanted him 
he seemed like he wanted Missouri as well. And Nebraska was prioritizing someone else. Dylan Riola was the first on the list. He was the top target. So Kalen understood that. And hey, at the time he committed to Missouri, it didn't seem out of the realm of possibility that Nebraska would get Dylan Riola. Dylan makes it official. I believe it was on Saturday or Sunday, maybe Monday. Uh, it all borders together. And so Danny Kalen, then late this week, announces he is decommitting from Missouri. Thanks, but I'm out. Now, Kalen back on the board. You would think Nebraska is primed to swoop him right up at this point. Be that class of 2024 quarterback for you. In-state recruit. He's got, I mean, he's he's not a he's not the number one recruit in the country. He's not Dylan Raiola in terms of just raw talent, but he is talented. He plays in a very, very good offense at Bellevue West. Why weren't they that good when I was in high school? I don't know. But he he knows how to deliver the ball to playmakers and let them do their thing, which is basically what the Matt Rule philosophy has been at Temple and Baylor. Get quarterbacks who can be accurate and throw them to guys with track speed. <laughs> That's basically the formula. Uh, and and the, the way that this translates to not just the quarterback spot, but the other parts of this class for 2024 uh, is, is pretty obvious to me. A couple of guys that Danny Kalen plays with at Bellevue West, are very highly thought of with the Nebraska staff and, frankly, staffs across the country. Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris, a couple wide receivers in this class, also playing at Bellevue West with Danny Kalen. Isaiah McMorris has seen offers from the likes of USC. Uh, Davon Hall has been, actually, I think, He's probably been a name on the recruiting radar for longer than Isaiah McMorris. Like people saw him coming from further away, but I think Morris may be actually a little bit ahead of him in terms of priority for some schools now. But both of those guys, uh, they're they're I think pretty likely to have uh, a lot of peer pressure coming their way. Danny Kalen is going to be the top priority in terms of getting a quarterback on the board right now, and if you get him on this list if you get him in the boat for 2024 obviously you're going to peer recruit and no easier place to go peer recruit than in your own freaking high school locker room so Davon Hall Isaiah McMorris uh, a couple of names to keep in mind as Danny Kalen uh, potentially makes this decision to uh, come here to Nebraska as the next commitment uh, that's that's the recruiting news to watch here uh, at this point, the quarterback rooms continue to turn. Uh, some Big Ten athletic director news this week, uh, and then uh, potentially some scheduling news coming up as well. Uh, plus, we got to run down what happened yesterday for the regional softball performance. Uh, as a, a tough one yesterday for Ronda Ravel's squad. Uh, and some Big Ten championships to tell you about uh, for track and field as well. That's all coming up here on the K-Lion Husker Hour. <laughs> Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Let's change the subject to someone else. We may, may get some Big Ten scheduling news in the near future. We, we have the 2023 schedule, obviously, but if you look ahead... Uh, as I did earlier this week, talking with uh, a friend uh, about Nebraska's 2024 football schedule, uh, there's the Colorado game. There's the other two non-conference opponents that I can't want. Northern Iowa is one of them. Can't think of the third. Uh, and that's it. Like, Nebraska probably going to play Iowa. But, like, they, they, you literally don't know any of the other nine opponents as this, at this point. Uh, next year is going to be the first football season with USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. I think coming soon we're going to know 
maybe your opponents for 2024, uh, maybe a scheduling model for the foreseeable future with 16 teams will be announced in the near future. Um, I don't know that you're going to see date specific all announced at once. Like, Hey, this is the 2024 schedule with dates and whatnot, but uh, you, you may see some of that stuff start to trickle out here uh, within the next few weeks. Uh, the other interesting piece of, of some big 10 news, uh, USC athletic director. It's weird. I just combined USC and the big 10, but that that's where we are. Mike bone is, uh, is out. He resigned, uh, just got USC into the big 10, uh, got Lincoln Riley over from, uh, Oklahoma to coach football program and, uh, won the Heisman trophy last year with Caleb Williams. Uh, he's gone. Um, and he cited health reasons, but there's also a report about some, some inappropriate, uh, conduct. So that's a big opening for the biggest piece in, well, I mean, UCLA is pretty big too, but USC is, I think a little bit more of a brand name, uh, football wise, that is, that's a pretty big opening to fill for, uh, some, you know, a school that's a pretty important part of the plans going forward for this conference. Uh, so something else to keep an eye on, uh, as, as we get closer to the Trojans being a part of this conference and potentially on Nebraska's schedule, uh, next year, year after year after, uh, we, we shall see, um, Tough break yesterday for Nebraska softball. They are in their regional. Uh, we were talking last week. They were on the bubble. Didn't know if they'd make it in or not after uh, falling in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. Well, they do make it in. They're in Stillwater at Oklahoma State, and they matched up with Wichita State in the first round. It's a team they played earlier this year. Wichita State beat them a couple of times. Huskers got it 5 to nothing. Uh, Maya Felder, big reason why. She had four of those five RBIs. Uh, but then in the sixth inning... Courtney Wallace just kind of ran out of gas. Uh, she only got one out in the sixth, and, and Wichita State ended up able to take the lead 6-5. to five. And uh, Nebraska got the bases loaded in the seventh with one out, uh, but then a grounder and a force out at home, and then a pop-out ended it. Uh, Nebraska loses 6-5. to five. They're going to play later today against UMBC um, in an elimination game. Uh, so the Husker softball program uh, planned for their their season lives right now. Uh, let's see if I can get a time on that. It's a 4.30 uh, first pitch. Uh, you can listen to that uh, on the Husker Radio Network and Huskers.com with Nate Rohr, uh, voice of softball for Nebraska. So that's that's what's up. It Tough day yesterday for uh, baseball and softball, both with uh, come-from-ahead losses like that. But uh, if, if softball can get by UMBC, uh, they're going to be back uh, in, in you know playing either Wichita State or Oklahoma State with that one loss on their ledger, uh, one more loss with that double elimination format in the regional, and uh, they will be uh, out of it altogether. So uh, that's what to keep your eye on for today. And, of course, baseball uh, is going to be playing Purdue. That game is at 1 o'clock with a 1230 first uh, sign on here on KLIN for that pregame show. Uh, so... Plenty of action this weekend, and uh, another squad uh, that was in action last weekend and still has their season going uh, is uh, the track and field athletes. Uh, we'll tell you about that and uh, what to what to watch for uh, the rest of this week uh, in Huskerland. Uh, that's right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. And this station. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. If you want to talk about a success story, look no further than Nebraska track and field. Uh, we had, at the time, the throws coach... Justin St. Clair on uh, this time last year, maybe the year before, um, Caleb Henry. He's, you know, he'll tell you, sports director here. He's He was a Division One athlete. He was a, he was a thrower over at Saint, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. And so he, he's very much in that world. And, and Justin St. Clair came on to talk about the thrower as well. As it happens, this year he took over as the full-time track and field coach for Nebraska. And wouldn't you know it, he is the Big Ten Track and Field Coach of the Year in his first full season. 
Uh, very cool deal. Uh, the men's outdoor team won the Big Ten Championship last weekend. It was the most conference meet points for Nebraska since 2004, and the first time since 2016 uh, that they actually won the conference. Uh, they also had the male and female athletes of the competition. Till Steinforth, the uh, sophomore from Germany, uh, he won the decathlon and the long jump competitions, uh, set a Nebraska and Big Ten meet record in the decathlon, and then went straight to the long jump and set a personal record in his first try that held up uh, to win the competition. Number nine uh, jump in, in Nebraska history with 25 feet, seven and one-fourth inches. Uh, and it's actually the second straight men's outdoor Big Ten winner, Maxwell Otterdahl won last season. Uh, then on the women's side, this is a name you've heard that is just an awesome name. Axelina Johansson, uh, Swedish sophomore. Uh, she won the shot put uh, for Nebraska. It was a, a personal record and a meet record. Uh, also set the uh, all-time Swedish record. Anybody from her country uh, in the number two throw worldwide this year and the second farthest ever by an NCAA athlete, 64 feet one and a quarter inches, Nebraska's first women's winner since 2013. So good for them. Uh, and uh, they have uh, regionals up next, the the track and field athletes do, uh, 56 athletes uh, or, or 56 different competitions uh, that they will have a chance to compete in. Uh want to end up the show uh, with uh, a little bit of a look ahead to what we've got going on this summer. And obviously there's not a whole lot of actual sports going on, but we will have position previews. Um, as I have done here uh, for this will be our ninth season coming up here uh, with football. So this is a position preview season coming up uh, as baseball season winds down. Hopefully they're still alive next week in uh, Omaha on that Saturday. Uh, but if not, we'll get them started. And quarterback might not be the first place we go, but but quarterback conference-wide is pretty interesting. If you look around the rest of the conference, there's really only two, maybe three returning starters that that I think you could could claim. Uh, you've got Talia Tagovailoa at Maryland and J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, both in the East Division, but just so happens that both of them are on Nebraska's schedule this year. Um, beyond that, Minnesota's guy, Kaliak Manis, he started five games last year when Tanner Morgan was hurt. Um, and then Rutgers' Gavin Wimsat started six times last season. Maybe you could call them returning starters, maybe not. I don't know what technically qualifies. At, at that That's really the, the crux of it, though. You only have two who started like the entire year and were the entrenched starter in 2022 and will be again for that same team in the Big Ten in 2023. Then it is a whole lot of transfers. Obviously, you've got Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech uh, last year, and he comes to Nebraska now this year with Casey Thompson transferring out. He's the guy here, no question about it. Uh, he is one of many likely starters in the Big Ten who transferred in. Uh, if you look at uh, Wisconsin, probably Tanner Mordecai from SMU. Purdue, probably going to be Hudson Card from Texas. Iowa will probably be Cade McNamara from Michigan. Uh, Illinois, probably going to be Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss. Um, and then Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern, they got a guy from Cincinnati, Ben Bryant. Uh, those are all guys Nebraska's going to see just out of the West Division. Um, Ohio State's got a couple guys that I'm sure were five stars that are, that are you know, battling now, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. Uh, Penn State's got a former five-star, Drew Aller, uh, who, who was not a transfer, and Michigan State obviously just lost Peyton Thorne to Auburn, so they've got a couple of guys battling that out as well uh, out in East Lansing. And Indiana got a transfer from Tennessee, uh, cousin of Trace Jackson Davis, as it happens. So quarterback will be an interesting one. Uh, looking across the conference, obviously we know who's starting here, but it, it, we don't. I don't know that we do a good enough job when we're talking about Nebraska teams, especially the, the the big ones that everybody pays attention to the most, you know, your, your football, your men's basketball, your baseball, uh, volleyball is at such a high level. You don't really compare them to other schools because they compare with literally anybody, but regardless of, you know, Nebraska has, you know, some holes in their roster. They, they might, they might struggle with this or that. Look, other teams struggle with those things too. And, and we don't always frame that very well. 
Nebraska obviously has uh, a new scheme on offense. They've got a new quarterback starting as well. But, I mean, you just go through the rest of the, the division and literally everybody in the West will have a new starting quarterback. Minnesota is you know, maybe the one that you could say is an exception. Uh, and a lot of those offenses change over uh, coordinators as well. Iowa's maybe after this year if they average 23.9 points per game or less. So Nebraska is, yeah, maybe operating a little bit behind the eight ball with uh, a new starting quarterback and a new scheme, but they're not the only ones in that spot. Other positions won't get the same type of uh, of deep dive. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna focus that much on Minnesota's linebacking core, for instance, uh, when tra- when looking at Nebraska's linebackers. But at quarterback, it's easy to do that comparison. As we go through the summer, you're going to find more out about kind of you're gonna you're gonna look more at you know matchups. You're gonna look more at. Uh, kind of seeing the the division pecking order and and where people kind of think the depth chart is going to land, all that's well and good, but just keep in mind that even though Nebraska might have some some shortcomings in some spots, some other Big Ten teams are are, are maybe going to be in those same situations. Uh, coaching stability is is existent obviously at Iowa and and Minnesota as well with uh, with Old Row the boat there for a while, but. Uh, Matt Rule's not operating from from that much of a position of weakness as maybe we all think. Uh, something to keep in mind as we get into position preview season. Uh, possibly next week, hopefully uh, in a, a few weeks, as uh, Nebraska baseball has a chance to keep it rolling. Uh, they're finishing up the regular season today, 1 o'clock, uh, with 12.30 pregame right here on KLIN Softball, playing for their lives against UMBC in an elimination game at 4.30. Uh, you can hear that on Huskers.com. Um, and uh, next week, I'll be flying solo again with Matt McMaster out on summer break for a couple weeks. So keep it tuned right here for baseball later on. And uh, I'll see you back here next week, 9 a.m., for another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Until then, I'm Cole. Thanks to Kenny. Go Big Red. <laughs>